Can we, can we give Chuck a round of applause? Uh, I don't know if you know, but Chuck is running like multiple things in the back today because we got a bunch of people who are traveling, and so, uh, man, he's just, he's just handling it. What a boss. What a boss. Chuck is him. He's him. I'm trying to learn all the cool things young people say. He's him, all right? Uh, hey, we're, we're talking today in this series, Everything I Know About Life. I learned from, and we've just been looking at different things that we can learn from, and uh, we, we're looking for to f- ways to find value in a world full of voices, uh, because our world is full of voices, all right? There's, there's voices telling us all these different things all the time, and um, recently, Josh sent me a video of some killer whales hunting a seal. And uh, he said, bro, you could you can make like six sermons from this uh, because and it is it's amazing. So I almost called this sermon everything I know about life. I learned from Josh. Uh, but then I found out Josh was going to be gone. I'm like, I'm going to save it till I know Josh is here. Uh, but it got me stuck watching videos of lions. And um, I'm a big fan. You know, I like the Detroit Lions because, you know, um, I'm a man, Jesse. That's what men do. We like the Detroit Lions. Uh <laughs> We don't cheer for, you know, teams from Dallas. So, uh, but I got watching these videos of lions <laughs> every week, dude. I, <laughs> uh, I got watching these videos of lions, and I think this video that I'm about to show you now, I will tell you, I, I gave you the PG version. If, you're, if you want to watch more, you can, uh, but you're going to have to look that up on your own. So, um, I gave you the blood-free version of, of this um, three-minute video. So, watch it, and we'll talk about what we As they mature, young males begin to explore the boundaries of the pride's territory. Red has ventured out alone. straight into the middle of the hyena clam. (laughs) He's trapped by over 20 of them. It's impossible to fight them all at once. (laughs) 
not bay for much longer. He's tiring fast. <laughs> His ally, Tartu, has heard the commotion. hyenas. A pair of male lions is too much to take on. All right, so let's give it up for lions. Give it up for the lions. Uh, there is some really interesting things that are said and done in that video. Uh, one, of, one, of the, one of the things that, that when I watched that video uh, that came to my mind was Matthew chapter 4. Uh, we're going to read Matthew chapter 4, and then I will break down this video uh, piece by piece. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, Jesus was then led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, praise God, I didn't have to do that. I don't know how, 40 days. He was hungry. Yeah, no joke. Of course he was hungry. The tempter came and said to him, "If you, I'm, I'm hungry after four hours. Uh, the tempter came to him and said, if you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, again, it is written, you shall not put your Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to the very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these will I give you if you will just fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. And then the devil left him and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. It's a very, very powerful passage, a very interesting passage. There's a lot uh, that we can unpack through there. But one thing that I, I began to pick up in this video that was said is that, that lions and hyenas are enemies, but they're not rivals. They're enemies, but they're not rivals. Uh, they hate each other, for sure, but they don't rival each other. Uh, there, are certain, there are certain shows, there are certain channels that have certain shows, and they'll say, oh, lions and hyenas are rivals, but the more that, uh, the more that studies done on them, they begin to realize the only thing that will rival a, a male king lion is another male king lion, not hyenas. Uh, and it's evidenced by the fact that this is a young lion, he's, he's young, he's alone, and 20 of them don't come, are, are not really willing to come at him. Right? However, there's other videos, which I, I didn't show because they are a little too much, I think, for a Sunday morning, of a large male lion on its own just actively hunting a full pack of hyenas like, yeah, I got you guys. They're not rivals, they're just enemies. And when I read this story, I'm reminded that, that Satan might be our, our enemy, but he's not our rival. He might be our enemy, but he's not our rival. He, there's no, make no mistake, he hates you. He hates your family. He hates your church, he hates your community, he hates your friends, but he's not your rival. 
Because you have Jesus Christ, who is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the king of the jungle. And Satan cannot even attempt to rival him. We read this passage, Jesus is hungry. Jesus is worn out. Jesus is beginning his ministry. All of the things are stacked up. And Satan's like, bro, I got this guy. Like he's alone. He's in a wilderness. He's, he's, he's hungry. He's got all these things going against him. I got him. And then Jesus at the end of this is like, by the way, be gone. Head out. And he has to leave. See, lions are, are, are enemies of hyenas, but they're not rivals. They hate each other. They do hate each other for sure. But the only thing that will rival the king of the jungle is the king of the jungle. In our spiritual lives, the only thing that will rival anybody thrown against you, Jesus Christ is so much stronger than them. He is not a rival to our greatest fears. He stands above and beyond them. And sometimes in our life, we just need to get some boldness and say, you know what? You need to bounce, dude. You need to bounce because Jesus is with me. So because they, they hate lions so much, they will never, hyenas will never go after a full pack of strong lions. They hate them, but they will never actively hunt them unless... There's a couple of things. Hyenas will hunt lion cubs and young lions. They will hunt hyena cubs or lion cubs and young lions. A grown lion can and does attack 20 hyenas at a time. But the, the lion in this video that we just watched, if you hear what it said, he's young. He's immature. He's trying to find his own territory to take over. And so they begin to hunt him. Satan can and will come at immature believers. He can and he will come at us when we are immature. Now, this does mean, on the one hand, that he can and he does come after us when we begin our walk with God. Um, I tell people, like, hey, if we baptize you, uh, you need to be prepared to all of a sudden start to have a bunch of things go against you because he's going to come at you because you're a new believer. He can and he does come at new believers. There is nothing he hates more than a, a young believer who's taking new territory. Right? They, they hate this young lion because he's, uh, the video says, and by the way, don't you wish that you could have that voice? Like I was practicing preaching with that voice and I just couldn't do it for long, but like Matthew chapter four, like I just, I can't do it. I, I tried. I was like, man, the church would like me so much better if I was David Attenborough, <laughs> like, but you get about two minutes of it and then I'm out, <laughs> right? Um, he's a new young lion going to take new territory and it just upsets these hyenas so much. So they are going to go after him. When you invite new people to church, when you bring new people to church, when your family begins to make decisions for Christ, when you begin to try to take new territory, he will hunt you and come at you because he hates that. But also, they, the hyenas will hunt immature lions and Satan will attack any immature believer. Regardless of how long you've been a believer, if you're not actively attempting to grow in your faith, he's coming at you. He's just going to come at you because he hates you. 
He wants to destroy you. This is why our, our attempts at growth, our, our decisions to grow, our decisions to grow spiritually, our decisions to daily read the Bible matter. I was watching another video about lions, and there was this video of a young cub. And the young cub had his leg hurt in a fight. And that cub, his mom, because he was hurt, was like, well, we're going to have to leave you behind. And so she left. And this cub fought for day after day after day to get to her so that it could grow stronger. I mean, it fought its brothers. It, she would walk off and it would come after her over and over and over and over again. And finally, at the end of the video, they're like, the lioness finally let him eat. And he began to grow stronger. And the person making the video is like, he became one of the stronger lions. We need to desire the sincere milk of the gospel. We need to desire to grow because here's the truth. If you wait until the hyenas are attacking to eat and grow strong, you've waited too long. If that, if that lion, this young lion that gets attacked, if he was like, shoot, there's those hyenas. I better eat and get some muscle on me because they're coming. He's waited too long and it's over already. These lions are determined to grow. Why? Because they know the hyenas' attacks are coming. We as believers, we as followers of Christ need to be absolutely determined, bent on growth because the attacks will come. So they, they, they hunt uh, young lions and they often, often go after wounded lions. They go after wounded lions. Um, th one of the things that hyenas do is when a lion gets attacked, if we could say it attacks a, uh, a wildebeest and that wildebeest gets a good shot in and that lion's wounded, the hyenas will then follow that lion actively trying to destroy it. In our lives, when you are hurt, Satan will come for you. He's no rival to you, but he will come for you when you're hurt. He will actively try to cause you more pain. Because if someone has hurt you, it opens up a path for him to get a, a, a shot at you. It's a little bit like um, if you ever watch the UFC fights and, uh, or a boxing match, and one of these guys, will get, uh, they'll get a cut above their eye. That opponent, for the rest of the fight, cares about nothing else besides hitting them right where they're wounded. In life, Christians will offend you. People will hurt you. Your, your family members will offend you. They will hurt you. And that is when you need to grow, and that is when you need to be prepared for someone to come after you. Because if you're at your full strength, like Satan's probably not going to attack you in the middle of that last song and you got your hands raised and you're at worship. He's going to wait until they, you ask for a song and, some, and we're like, no, we can't sing that song. And then you're offended. And then you go home and someone else is like, you know why? Because that song's not a good one. And then you're more offended. And then that's when he comes. He comes after hurting, wounded believers. He goes after Jesus before he begins his ministry. When do we find him going after Peter? Right after Peter's denied Christ and, and he's, he's coming after him, trying to get him. He goes after hurting wounded. But he also goes for isolated lions. Hyenas hunt isolated lions. Any old lion, any lioness, any young lion like this one that is isolated and on its own, the hyenas come after because they hate them. So they have this opportunity. You're on your own. I'm coming for you. This is why, why he attempts regularly to uh, get us isolated. 
to isolate us over and over and over, to separate us from the rest of the church, to remove us from the church. Why? Because when we are isolated, that's when he comes. Because together, the, the Bible says the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. The, the very gates, like the defensive mechanism that, that they use, cannot prevail against a church. So what does he do? He gets us to stop attacking him. He gets us to stop being united. He gets us to divide. He gets us to be wounded and isolated, and then he comes. Church community is so important. It's so important. When we get separated, that's when he's like, you know what? I'm going to throw everything I have at you. Hyenas also, they try to surround the lions. Did you notice that? They kept trying to get all the way around him so that no matter where he turned, he was under attack. Why? Because they're trying to wear them down, trying to wear him down. None of them have the, have the courage to actually go at the king, but they're all willing to bite him in the back. They want to wear him down and surround him. And this is, this is his attempt for us. It is, it is continual bombardment by society against Christianity. This is why, this is why you should not, this is, why, this is why you need to get your phone. I'm trying to figure out the, the most polite way to say this, so I'm sorry. Um, take your phone, put it in another room, and lock it at night. Why? Because the last thing you need to do before you go to bed is to be bombarded by a million people telling you what you don't have and who you're not. The, the thing that we should see last before we go to sleep is what God has given us. The people God has given us. Not the 37 people he's not given us. It is a continual attempt, a continual bombardment, a continual attack. Turn on the television. You're going to see everything you don't have. Turn, turn on, get on your phone. You're going to see everything you don't have. You're going to see everything wrong with the person God gave you if you watch long enough. Why? Because he's going to continually attempt to wear you down. Why? Because he hates you. You're a child of God. So he wants nothing more than to destroy you. Those hyenas want nothing more than to find an isolated, wounded, young lion and go at him. Because they hate him. So when they get him, they surround him and they try to wear him down and wear him down and wear him down and wear him down. See, I think, like, I love songs like, uh, oh man, songs like Ocean are great. Like, they're bangers. They're absolutely wonderful songs. But I think a lot of times what we tend to think of is like, well, I'm going through a storm. And then as soon as this song ends, God, God's going to answer my prayer and the storm's over. But that's not really how it works in life. Like you go through seasons of storms in life. This is why uh, the sun is shining today, but tomorrow it'll probably be pouring snow, right? Because it's the season of storms. And then Tuesday it'll be 60, and then Wednesday or Thursday it'll be pouring snow because it's the season of storms. And Satan tries to, he tries to wear us down with this continual discouraging attack continually trying to discourage us over and over and over again. I mean, literally, you watch, the, you watch the video, and these hyenas are constantly making this noise that sounds like they're laughing at him, right? And here's this king of the jungle alone, and they're, they're just laughing, right? Like, like, and, and I often think, like, yeah, that, that maybe, they're, maybe they're communicating to each other, but also, in our lives, what Satan tries to do so much is discourage us. Get us apart and discourage us. You ever try to do something for God, and then the first voice that comes in your head is like, 
You really, you really thought you could accomplish that? Really? You ever, you ever like make the dedication? You know what I'm going to do in worship? I'm going to sing. I'm going to sing. And then all of a sudden you sing at the wrong time and the music cuts out and it's just you and you're like, God, I can't sleep. Like, you know. And then Satan's like, really? Everyone in here is laughing at you. He tries to surround us and discourage us and wear us down. But the lion in this video heard his brother, his brother roaring and everything changed. Everything changed. This lion's under attack. He's, he's running out of energy. He's worn down and he roars out and his brother comes running. Lions have distinct roars. This is really interesting. Lions have very distinct roars and they can understand who each other are and if they are, are in the same pride just by the way they roar. So um, Larry hunts lions and, and he goes out into Namibia and he's in a tent and he's all of a sudden hearing all these different lions roaring, right? And to us, that sounds like a bunch of lions roaring, but to them, it's like, oh, I know that's my cousin. That's my brother. I know who that person is roaring over here. Lions roar, first of all, to find their family. They roar to find their family. One of the reasons lions roar is they want to know where the rest of their family is. Revelation chapter 5, verse 5 says, One of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered, so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. The closer we grow to Jesus, the easier he is to understand. The closer we draw to him, the more we abide in him, the closer we grow close to him, the, the more that we have daily relationship with Jesus, the easier it is to understand him. The prides that stick the closest together are the most communicative in the, in the, in the safaris. The ones that they know each other and they're strongly connected to each other. We need to grow closer to Jesus to be able to understand him. We need to be able to draw closer to him to understand him. Also, we need to be able to draw closer to each other to understand each other. Um, next, next week we have something called Pinnacle Lunch, and it's a lunch after the service, and it's just an opportunity for us to talk about discipleship, and uh, Mark and Beth and, and, um, and myself, we, we do some discipleship things, and, and it's an opportunity for us to eat lunch together, and it's an opportunity for us to talk about growing closer together, and this is important because the closer we draw together, the harder we are to isolate, the harder we are to discourage, the harder we are to attack. The, harder, the closer we grow together, the more we understand each other. A male lion roars when he's seeking new territory. A male lion roars when he's seeking new territory. And this is really interesting. Um, as I was studying about these lions, the male lions, are, are, their roar is different than all the other lions. They're like the dominant head of the pride. They roar not to see if there's other enemy lions out there. They roar simply to tell the enemy that they are coming. Now, this is so fascinating because we've already established the fact that Satan is not our rival. He's our enemy. And what we need to be doing as believers is begin to have bold faith. Proverbs chapter 28 verse 1, The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. Hyenas hate when lions do this. 
because they understand that when the, when the lion, the, the alpha lion roars, he's saying, hey, I'm coming for this territory. You have to go because I'm coming in. I'm not trying to roar to figure out how many you got because to me it doesn't matter. I'm just in charge anyway, so I'm coming. Lions roar to establish new territory. I believe that as a church, we need to begin to think about establishing new territory. I believe that as a church, we begin to have new, bold vision. We begin to have new, bold thoughts, new, bold ideas, new, bold approaches. We, need, we as a church need to say, you know what, we're taking new territory. We're inviting more people than we've ever invited. We're doing more than we've ever done. We're not sitting back and looking and saying, this is what we used to do. We're saying we're trying to figure out ways to go into new territory. This is the, the thing that God told me at the beginning of this year is, hey, I do a new thing in you. I do a new thing in you. It's time for, as a church, us to start to begin to roar because simply we're coming to take new territory. We need to have bold faith. We need to have a bold version of Christianity. The world does not need any more watered-down, weak Christians. There's plenty of them. The world needs Christians who say, no one's ever talked to you about Christ? Let me tell you about him. I love you. He loves you. Let's talk about him. There's so many churches fighting over the same families. It's time for us as, as a church to say, you know what, we're taking new territory. We're going to invite the people no one else wants to. We're going to welcome the people no one else wants to welcome. We're going to go into new places. We're going to do new things. We're going to seek new ways to invite people. We're going to try and attempt to do new things. Why? Because Jesus is the lion and he's with us and so we're just going to roar. We're just going to have bold faith. Your enemy hates it, but he cannot do anything about it because he's your enemy and not your rival. He's your enemy and not your rival. Next, lions roar to call for help. They roar to call for help. When attacked, we need to learn to call out to God so he will come running. When attacked, we need to learn to call out to God so he will come running. One of the loudest ways you can roar is by quietly praying alone in your room, on your knees, and asking God, to solve the things that you cannot solve. The loudest roar that you can commit is alone, in the quiet, saying to him, I can't understand this. I can't figure this out. I can't solve this. I need you to. We roar on our knees. Jesus roared at Satan. It's so interesting, this Matthew chapter 4. Jesus shows us how to defeat temptation. He quotes scripture to him in context and with authority. He quotes scripture to Satan, and then Satan's like, oh, that's what we're going to do? Okay, I'll come back at you with scripture. And then Jesus is like, yeah, but you don't understand the context. This is the, actually the entirety of the entire story of Matthew 4 is showing us that Satan doesn't understand the context at all. Because what's really happening in this passage, Jesus has to go to this wilderness. He's in this wilderness and Satan's like, oh, here's my shot. He's alone and in the wilderness. But what he doesn't understand is Jesus has this much bigger picture. See, Jesus has to go into the wilderness for 40 days because he has to prove that he's greater than Moses who was in the wilderness for 40 years and could not defeat the temptations that Jesus easily handles. So the children of Israel, Israel, when they find out through Matthew that Jesus was alone in the wilderness for 40 days, they're like, he's our guy. That's our rabbi. That's our Messiah. The one who in the wilderness alone defeated all the things that we as a people could not defeat. 
See, it's always a bigger picture with God. There's always so much more to the story with Him. There's always so much more. So when Satan tries to throw Scripture at us, he always takes it out of context because he can't read the whole passage because he knows. So Jesus comes back at him with, hey, bro, cool, cool verse, but let me actually show you the context. Now that I have, you need to go. Why? Because Satan's not his rival. He's just his enemy. He's just his enemy. So when you are attacked, quote Scripture in context and with authority, and then pray and worship, and he has to flee. He has to flee. The reason I talk about worship in this is, is because at the end of it, in verse 11, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 11, it says, Then the devil left him. Behold, angels came and were ministering to him. And I think this is really important to understand. Jesus faces this all alone, but as soon as he finishes this temptation, angels come and minister to him. And then the next thing he does is he begins to build a team. Like he goes out and he begins to immediately begin to call people. And this is what I want us to understand because if Jesus needed a team, so do we. If Jesus needed community, so do we. I mean, think about the guy, the guy who creates the universe by speaking still needs Peter on his side. Still needs angels to minister to him. The one who speaks love into the universe and everything begins to come to pass. The, the one who, who dies on the cross to forgive us for our sins. The one who rises again. Upon rising again, what does he immediately do? I'm going to go find my disciples. If Jesus needs community, why do we think we don't? If, if Jesus faces all the temptations like we did, he was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. He faces them all in this passage, pride of life, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes. He faces them all, he conquers them all, and he immediately has angels that begin to minister to him. Why do we think that we can fight on our own without God's help things that we were never intended to fight on our own? We, we need a team. We need a community. We need each other. These lions go out. They, the one gets attacked. He begins to roar, and the other lion comes to his aid. And as soon as the lion comes to his aid, everything changes. When lions roars, roar, hyenas have to run. When we, together as a church, begin to roar, Satan has to flee. He has no power that can stop you. We roar in prayer. We kneel down on our knees and we quietly and humbly seek out to God and we say to him, I need you to handle the things I can't. We roar in worship. We gather together and we worship. And when we worship, it's our way of roaring out to him. This is why we turn the music up so loud. I want you to roar when you're singing. Not literally, but practically, right? Like I want you to be like it fully immersed into worship and crying out and worshiping him. It's why we do the things we do, why we gather together. Uh, this year, we've, we've added a family-style event uh, once a quarter. We do communion now once a quarter, and we change the way we do communion so that it's, it's entirely now like a family-style sit-down meal. Why? Because we believe that we need to roar together. We believe that we grow best when we grow together. So when we have communion, someone teaches, we do some songs, and we eat together as a church. 
We, we've added more and more of these like types of lunches and dinners and all of these things because we believe that together the gates of hell cannot prevail. And God is, is doing a brand new thing in and through this church. Uh, we have a, a video that's going to explain this here in a minute, but um, I, I uh, recently was able, so we do FCA, and we do Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and at the beginning of the year, there was a, a kid that, um, he's, a, he's a football player, and he would talk to me about how he was an atheist, like, man, I don't believe in that stuff, but I think you're a nice dude, and we work out together, so when you start to do it, I'll go. And um, towards the middle of the season, he began to be like, man, I got questions about this whole Christianity thing. And towards the end of the season, uh, there is a discipleship group. And this young guy, he joined the discipleship group as a non-believer, as someone who's like, I'm telling you all, I'm coming because I'm not a believer. And recently, one of, one of the coaches from the football team baptized him. And this is what I'm talking about. This is like, this is the idea. We can clap for this. This is what I'm talking about. In a, in a school where, where I have teachers who are like, man, I, I, don't, I don't even know what to do. Because the things said in my classroom every day, I'm like, man, I don't know. I don't even know how to talk about this. In, in that school, in that situation with an atheist whose family is, is like, you know what? We want nothing to do with this. God is beginning to do brand new things. And we fight our best battles when we roar together. We fight our best battles when we pray together. We fight our best battles when we worship together. We fight our best battles when we look at Scripture in context together. That's how we fight temptation, together. Well, I'm under spiritual attack. Yeah, that's the time to be a part of community, not the time to pull away. Well, my family's going through it. This is the time to be in community. Well, you don't understand what's going on in my life. This is the time to be in. Why? Because when we isolate and separate and we're hurt and we're wounded, that's when he comes. Because he knows he cannot take on the church. So he has to try to pick us all off one by one. Because hyenas are the enemies of lions, but they're not the rabbits. At the end of the day, worship team, you guys can come up here. At the end of the day, at the very end of the day, you have the ultimate, ultimate lion in your corner. At the end of the day, you have Jesus Christ, the lion of the tribe of Judah, available to you every time you pray. And I think that what these hyenas are trying to do, they're trying to surround this lion and they're trying to separate him because they don't want him to know the brothers nearby. And so often, you have so much power and authority at your spiritual fingertips that you just forget. Because he's wearing you down, he's discouraging you, he's isolating you, they're, they're constantly surrounding this lion, they're constantly biting at the lion. And with one roar, the entire story changes. That next prayer can change everything. You don't know when the next prayer will be that will change everything for you. You don't know when the next worship song will be that will change everything for you. You don't know when the next time you open scripture that reveals to you that everything is changing for you. But we do know 
that we're not alone. God really loves us. And we fight down on our knees. Our roars are loudest when we pray. And we fight with the heavenly host at our call. I'm telling you, there's times where I'm going through stuff and I get so discouraged and I get so frustrated. I'm like, i got to figure out a way to solve this, figure out a way to solve this, figure out a way to solve this. And then I open the scripture and I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't need to solve this. He does. The problem that you are fighting right now in your head to solve, you don't need to solve. Jesus does. The battle that you are fighting right now, you don't need to fight. Jesus does. The situation you are going through right now, you don't need to go through. Jesus does. Satan is not his rival. This was not a cosmic battle of two just great giants fighting it out. Jesus was like, yeah, here's the scripture, now leave. Over. And when we invite Jesus Christ to come in to fight for us, he accomplishes things that we never thought were possible. We just need to go to him and call on him. And he comes and the entire atmosphere changes. Seize the lion of the tribe of Judah. I'm going to ask you all to stand to your feet. Uh, I'm going to come down front when we sing and I'll pray with anyone who wants to pray. But there's two ways that I think we can roar it right now. We can roar right now through prayer or through worship. And I want to encourage you, whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, I encourage you to sing with all of your heart. Sing like you are standing at the throne. And the Lion of the tribe of Judah is opened up the seals that no one else could open. And he's showing things that no one else could ever see. And he's changing the atmosphere in the room. And he's changing the atmosphere in your heart. He's here for you. He's here with you. He wants to come to your side. Don't fight alone. Fight with him. Satan is not his rival. He's simply his enemy. And enemies are not the same thing as rivals. 